Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and for once well-rested co-host, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Dude, I'm just glad to have a night off where I can watch the Pirates and no extracurricular activities. Man, yep. life gets busy, dude. Dude, it's it's funny because... Much like you, you know, I I raised children <laughs> and I ran them around. You know what I mean? Right. It's a labor of love. You enjoy doing it and everything. But there are nights when you kick back and you finally get to taste that that sweet sweet beer touch your lips. You know, at the end of a Thursday <laughs> night or something, and you just look up at yourself and go, "You know, I do this schedule to myself." Yeah. Yep. And that is pain, man. That's pain to have that conversation with yourself. <laughs> it is. And you know what? I, what I'm realizing is this is just the start of it for me. Obviously, I have a younger one. Yeah. And he's getting into all kinds of stuff. So, man, I just got to I just gotta learn to live with it. I'm going to miss some things here and there. Uh, let's see. Hey, before we get started, let's see what John Gorman says. He says, what's up, guys? It's 921, and I'm still enjoying watching the Pirates. You know what, man? You know what? Underrated statement, I would say. Because it still has been interesting, entertaining, competitive, even, dare I say, good baseball since the All-Star break. And it kind of doesn't make any sense, Jim. But I don't want to ask too many questions because whoever's done the black magic in the locker room, I'm going to just let it go for making the pitching staff work out. Yeah, I I tend to agree with John right now, though. You know, like I'm still I'm still interested. I'm I mean, there's plenty to talk about and look at. So this is getting to be a, a super important part of this whole process we've been sitting watching. Hey, Dougie Fresh is with us. Dougie, how you doing? Ryan Little has joined the show. How you doing, brother? All right. So tonight we're going to talk about some cool stuff, Jim. We we actually sat back and planned the show a little bit. I know, I know, everybody. Yeah, it's not Can you normal. believe it. We we actually sat back and really, really planned what we wanted to talk about tonight. So here's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with talking about the playoff picture, especially the NL wild card. Because the Pirates really are in a cool position here, I think, for this young team. They get to finish the season facing three teams actively battling for the last wild card spot. I think it's a pretty cool path, man. And that, you know, they got punched in the mouth by the Cubbies. They punched the Cubbies back in the mouth last night. The, you know, the deciding game of, of this, of the series is tonight. That's going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch it. Um, then they go right to Cincinnati and Miami, how the pirates finish this season affects three, if not four other teams. It's, it's kind of fun, man. And I, I wish they were involved in it more, but I'll take what I can get. Well, I mean, it's a nice little, um, it's a nice little test run right now because these teams are playing for something and I think you see that in the ballpark um, when you're playing these teams and hopefully you know you get a little sniff of that yourself and you lock in a little bit more and you want to play good baseball and you want to affect something so for younger players I think this is a very important little stretch right I mean like we're watching I think some very interesting things take place like Josh Palacios, with his power, has started to creep himself into the conversation of like, maybe we kind of have to think about this guy a little bit more going into next year. We don't want him to be leaned on, Jim, but maybe he's more than okay as a bench guy, (laughs) really. Those home run totals are kind of something. I mean, he, look, there's a, you know, and, and it's tough because you don't know how things carry over year to year for certain guys, right? Uh, I don't know what this looks like next year if he's got to um, be in the same kind of role. I will give him this. He's a high energy guy. 
he seems to come up big in big spots. Is that repeatable next year? It's funny you say that. Here's here's a comment from Ryan. Uh, He's become a pretty big Josh Palacios fan. Might be in the minority, but love is passion. I think that's that's a great way to look at it too, because I think that passion aspect is something that a lot of guys are a little afraid to turn the faucet on with, mm-hmm. but he's not. So it, it and and teams need that that emotional leader, you know, that whether he's an important piece or not. Yeah, he. I mean, he certainly put himself in the discussion of being someone you need to keep around in some form or fashion. It's just you know t- trying to decide what that is is still is still the part that is let yet to be decided i think right so you got um the cubs the marlins and cincinnati all separated by one game cubs are in the playoffs technically if it were to end right this second miami is a half game out since he is one game out out of those three, you have to figure that last spot's probably going to come unless San Francisco goes on a mighty run and those other teams fall off the face of the earth, right? I suppose San Diego, you have to pretend is still in it too. Where's it Arizona to in me, all this? Where's Arizona? Arizona's the second wild card, one and a half games up Okay. on the Cubbies. Okay. And Philadelphia is firmly in the first wild card, uh, up four games on Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, I think those first two spots are probably pretty close to safe. But Chicago, Miami, and Cincinnati are going to fight it out. And it's really cool the Pirates are involved in that in some weird way. It's obviously didn't know what, what was going to happen when you set the schedule. But the Pirates aren't shrinking violets here. They, they're they going after these guys. I think they had a score to settle with the Cubs and it was good to see them take one at least. I'd like to see them take another one here and really further cement that. You know, you have one of your supposed better pitchers that's for sure coming back pitching Oviedo, right? Right. So you'd like to see that. The Miami series perplexes me because I haven't been impressed by Miami all year, but they hang in there. And Cincinnati, I said, was going to fall back a long time ago, back when they were first in the division. And... They've kind of fallen back, but it's been a lot slower than I thought it would be. Yeah. So what do you think? How's it going to shake out? Well, I just did a little peek, too. I wanted to see Arizona has been so up and down. You know, mm-hmm. um, they've, they've seemed to have rescued things. Um, they finished with, uh, let's see, they've got three games at the Yankees, three at Chicago White Sox, and then three at home against the Astros. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to see if it was setting up one way or the other uh, for them, because that would be really wild if they, if they stumble down the stretch, then that makes it very, very interesting. I still think it's the Cubs, Gary, at this point. I, that's where I, that's where I'm leaning to. to. Um, what do you think about, what, now that we're getting up on this for the first time, this expanded playoff format, yeah. where are you? Where are you with it? Uh, I mean, I think I'll probably have a different take on this next year because I think the Pirates might might well need it. Um, it's hard for me, Jim, because my childhood calls all the way back to remembering when you had to win one big ass division with mm-hmm. like six other teams and <laughs> you know and hey if the Mets were going to be good for half a decade the Mets were going to be good for half a decade that's who you were going to have to beat and so for me now it's a little bit it's turning into hockey almost where there's maybe a team or two too many getting in right but it's a nice bone to teams that I think will struggle to win divisions outright in certain places. So I don't hate it. Yeah. I just think it does water things down a bit. You know, when they did all this at the beginning, I of course was uh, more salty about it than, than liked it. I, I've come around on it a little bit. One, I just see it as, 
quite frankly, for some teams, it's just flat out more of a chance to at least be in the discussion. If you're not going to fix what's really wrong and they yeah. don't seem intent on doing that, then I'll, then I guess I'll take it. Um, getting rid of that one, one game, uh, wild card game, I think was really a good idea. Um, it just, Obviously, for Pirate fans, we don't like it. But I think just in general, if you're a baseball fan, you can kind of see that that's not very indicative of anything to let it come down to just this one game winner-take-all scenario. Right. Yeah. So all in all, I'm okay with it. And I just think it's an interesting finish to the season. So I guess I have to say they succeeded in that regard. Yeah. To have this many teams still kind of involved. It's interesting at the very least. And truth be told, it'll probably help the Pirates. So I guess if we're looking for some assistance from Major League Baseball, this is how we're going to have to get it. (laughs) Truth. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the Pirates 2023 Rookie of the Year. Because we're not going to learn anything in, what, seven games that we don't already know? (laughs) Nope. We're putting in those Heisman ballots early. Right, brother. Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. And welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you, and we're going to do the Rookie of the Year, the Pirates Rookie of the Year this year. And Jim, it's a lot more interesting than it usually is, first of all, because when you have a team that goes full youth movement, it is awesome to see them call up that many kids. But then they start stumbling each over each other for opportunity. And like, who do you really consider like the best? Is it who you're most excited about? Is it who performed the best? Yeah, but we're doing performance. Yeah, to me, it's about performance. I think that's where I go. And I can go first if you'd like on this one. Yeah, dude. I I, I want you to start it off. So, all right. Mine might surprise you. We'll see. I'm going to go with Carmen Majinski. His 199 ERA in 30 games, just about a strikeout per inning. Whips 1.200. He's been consistent, and he's been consistently rising, meaning I think he has consistently improved as the season has gone on, and he's really the most successful number one pick they've called up in quite some time. (laughs) Don't do that when I'm drinking. (laughs) Uh. Uh, so Carmen Majinski is my pick. It, it, listen, he and was, looks like uh, Canyon agrees with me here. All right, he's a stud. I, I he's been a stud. I will agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that I think like you can really see him being a really good piece right now. I mean, yeah. there's really been, um, yeah, Doug, thirty games. You're right. It's hard to believe, but he's, he's, he's actually um, looked pretty much in command when he's out there. Um, And this is a guy obviously getting his first taste. So I I can't disagree with it. Um, He was on my short list, Gary. Um, I will say that I wish this was easier. I will say that I wish that we were sitting here and we were talking about Henry Davis and just, you know what I mean? So that's a little disappointing. Um, But that being said, I'm going to go with Jose Hernandez. Okay. 
And the reason I say that is, is maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe my, maybe I can say a little bit more of most valuable rookie. Can I, can I, can I merge that a little bit? Because I, I, I think he really, at a time when they were scrambling, he was ready to go. And as a rule five guy, and if you look, Gary, at his numbers, yeah, he's had a couple a, a couple appearances in there where it's really affected his ERA. Yeah, you can tell he's really um, fallen towards the end of the season, too. Yeah, like, I think I think you're seeing that. Right. But you know what? 45 appearances. He is, let's see. Can't call that hiding a roll five. No. And, and they really had to have it. And so... Um, you're still looking at a guy with a 1.295 width. Not bad. Um, he is striking out hitters. Uh, he's got 58 in 46 innings. Nice. He's not walking guys. He's got 19 walks. Um, he's up to, I think, 45 appearances on the year. So it's understandable that he may might be wearing down a little bit at the sure. end of the year. I mean, you are talking about a guy that was thrown into it, and we've seen Rule Five guys just absolutely implode. Implode. They're just it, they're just not ready for that. Eleven point three strikeouts per nine innings. So he made them throw him too because yeah, <laughs> I mean he he really in spring kind of looked like. A man amongst boys, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And, and we insert- and we we picked him out before the year started. I want to say too. We both. Yeah, I mean, him. more importantly, Ben Sherrington picked him out. That's a heck of a find in a roll five, man. <laughs> like, yeah. so I'm excited to to see what he can do next year. And I can honestly say, I think if if this were next year, he'd have been sent down here because he's tired. And then they're, they're kind of just holding him at this point to fulfill the obligation, which should also tell you how important they think he is next year. Yeah. Um, that's a good call, man. I can't argue with that either. Um, yeah, I, that ERA is up in the fours now, but it's been a couple, it's been a couple uh, appearances that have gotten it to that point. For the most part, it's been in the threes. Right. I'm so not married I, to ERA. Yeah, I, me neither. I think the underlying stuff looks pretty good. I think watching the whole season, I, I'd have to say I have more good impressions of Hernandez than I do bad ones. So I'd have to agree with you. He's up there. Yeah. I guess for me, for Majinski as a rookie, mm-hmm. when I see him come in, I don't even have like a bit of doubt that he's <laughs> going to have something that night. He may not have the same pitches every night, but he's got something every night. <laughs> right. You know, and he can get you out in so many different ways. I just think that's dangerous. I actually think he could be a closer if they really, really wanted to. And I almost would like to see it. I think he's dominant. I I, well, I love his mix. You know what? These are the types of guys you should be having coming up in your system. If you claim to have a strong system and you you should have guys like that knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm, I'm here too, you know, if you need that. And I could probably fill in that role because, I mean, let's be honest, you know, you don't know how long David Bednar is going to be what he is. He's gone through stretches where he does wear down. Right, like Dave uh, Douglas here says, the one roll five success since 2020. Yeah, Doug, they don't happen a lot, like in the league. Yeah, really. Akil Badu, I can think of recently, was a guy that came about that way, but it just it just does not happen too frequently. Right, they really really step in and do much of anything. Certainly, don't go into like the season assuming you're going to use a roll five guy 45 times. I just, right. I just don't believe that. Um, now looking at Majinski, the one thing I do see is his walks probably needs to work on those a little 15 walks, 31 innings, but his stuff is so good that I think sometimes um, he misses because his stuff's too good, <laughs> you know, like, so 
Here, Good let's tech. further the conversation okay. with Ryan here. He says, who's your top non-pitcher surprise? He'd have to go with Leover Piguero. He wasn't a name he expected to make any impact. Who would you pick, sir? I honestly gave Piguero some some consideration for this award. Yeah, I, I think, didn't think he was up here long enough for me. But. Right. But what I will say is, though, what you saw with him is once he started getting playing time and playing um, consistently in the field, yeah, things started to stabilize a little bit. And so, um, yeah, I think if he would have had a little bit more time, we might be having a different conversation. I think he really st- stabilized some things. Yeah, I, I've i liked Piguero. Um, I think he's done better in the field than I think was advertised and better than I've seen. I'm not going to say that I eagle eye watch these prospects like game in and game out like like some of these guys do, but I watch enough that <laughs> that you know, you kind of get the idea whether a guy's a good fielder or not. I'm not saying I don't miss any boneheaded moves he makes or whatever, but you, yeah. you can tell if a guy's got it. I honestly thought that he probably was a little too erratic. I haven't seen that up here. No, that's so what maybe, I thought you'd see. I thought you'd maybe see Maybe he's bit. been coached out of it up here. I mean, like, I, I'm not I'm not trying to play. Like, maybe they have gotten, in, gotten to him somehow and really helped him. Mm-hmm. improve because I haven't seen sign one of that sort of thing. Well, from everything I've, I've read about him, it seems like he's a guy that's taking it very seriously and is, is locked in on getting to be a better baseball player. I think the biggest issue still with Peguero is, and it's weighing some of his production down is 289 on base percentage. That, yeah. That, that, Yes, he, he, he's got some power and he's driving in some runs, but it's really, really hurting him. And his overall production standpoint is just that on-base percentage. Hopefully, you know, at least get it into the 315, 320 range and I'll feel a lot better. I think part of the reason that we're excited about him is because he's hitting those home runs and he's reaching out and poking stuff like that. And Unfortunately, to fix that on base percentage thing, you know exactly what they're going to do with them. Yeah. And that's one thing that kind of scares me about Piguero because I know he's yet to go through some of the adjustments that I know they're going to want to make with them. And it's easy for us to say, oh, Andy Haynes, Andy Haynes, you, you know our feelings on him. But even, Jim, you brought up that issue now. I mean, like, you know that now. You know that's an an, an on base percentage that can't fly. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> at least not to to much uh, much you know fanfare anyway. Yeah. You know, if you want to be a starter, you got to do better than that. Right. Yeah. He's got to make. He's got to make a bit of a jump there. And um, you know, he's he's young. So again, I think th- the hope is that he will. But it's it's a tough thing for guys to to learn how to um, take pitches and walks without to being to the detriment of everything else. So I guess if I had to pick another position player, I'd probably go with Endy, um, if only because I think on the defensive side of things, he has more than than adjusted to the league, and and he's done a very good job of of pulling himself into being an everyday catcher. You can tell he's wearing down now <laughs> towards the end of the season. He's tired. This is the first time he's played this much behind the plate um, in a season. So, you know, you can see it kind of like eating at him now a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I, I think just the off season, let him come back mm-hmm. in and refocus on his offense I think it's really going to help Andy Rodriguez next year. I couldn't make him rookie of the year because the bat would have needed to make the trip from Indy with him, and it didn't. Yeah. That said, it didn't make the trip from double-A to Indy either. It took him a while to marry the two sides of life. So we'll see how that goes, man. Yeah. I I think um, the fact that Indy has shown the ability – talk about this all the time, Gary, is like – the ability to adjust. 
And that's what has to keep happening when you make this final leap. But you need to show that you can do it. You've done it. And so, like, as, as long as you see that, then you have some hope that it will continue at least to an extent. I think Andy will be fine. I really do. Oh, I agree. I, th- I think he's really got a good shot, man. Um, and then the other honorable mention, Jiwon Bay. I, th- I truly think that Jiwon Bay came up here um, after two years of being told, like, we want you to hit for more power. We want you to hit for more power. We want you to hit for more power. He came up here and he tried to hit for more power, got hurt. When he since he's come back up, he he's hitting more like the G1 Bay that I remember seeing coming up, you know, through Double A and whatnot. He's willing to hit the ball the other way. He's willing to use the speed to the opposite field. He's bunting. He's slapping baseballs to to right field, left field, wherever, or up up the middle. Consistent line drive hitter. That's what G1 Bay does when he's going. I still think they need to work on somehow getting him to be a little bit better at jumps on the base pass to, to make his speed count, you know, for stealing bases a little bit more, but it's going to be real hard to push G1 Bay off this roster. I, I just think there's been too much good this year. Yeah. You know, he's funny because, um, I, a, I do agree with you on that point. I do think he's going to be in the mix just simply because of positionally what he's going to offer them next year. And this is something we're going to get into in this next segment about things we want or things we (laughs) think they should, they should do to address things and why, and the thinking behind it. Um, We should, we should do that, man. Cause I think it's going to take us quite some time. So we should take a break. But before we do, I just want to make some comments here about social media because I think some of this stuff, I'm already getting tired of it. We haven't even gotten to the off season yet. Everybody and their mother knows they need a first baseman and a couple starting pitchers. You're not breaking news by telling me that they need a couple starting pitchers and a first baseman. You're not breaking news by telling me that Bob Nutting has traditionally been cheap. You're not breaking news by telling me you don't think that he's going to do it. I don't care if you think that he will or not. I don't care if I think he will or not. Yeah. that's <laughs> You have to understand. We're going to say what we think they should do. I don't care if he would or not. So spare me the comments about he won't, he won't, he won't. I don't care. Yeah. I just don't. I, if he doesn't, it, it, they've done wrong. It all comes down to we're going to talk about what we want them to do, what they should do. If you're in a place where you know they're not going to, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is needed, what is necessary, what is what is something that might be a viable solution. Yeah, I, I just think when when ownership or I guess the GM comes out and the coach and they directly say next year, we're targeting the playoffs. Well, Jim, I think you and I have been watching baseball for a long time. I think we can look at this team and we can both make educated guesses on what exactly it would take to get to that point. Right. Right. Sure. So that's what we're going to do in this next segment. So buckle up because we're coming with specifics and this is going to be a lot of fun. And I want to hear, and if people have ideas, let us know. Maybe we've missed something. Yep. You tell us who you think we should get. Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects.
right, this is back to the Pirates Fan Forum, and it's time for Jim and I to have some fun. We're, we actually spent time researching and stuff, so it's time, for us to, it's time for us to put out our findings. So, Jim, our, our homework assignment was basically the Pirates say they're going to go to the playoffs. We know this team as currently constructed, even assuming some player development happens over the offseason, even assuming O'Neill Cruz comes back. And I think you and I should also throw in Andrew McCutcheon as a given. We'll go ahead and give you a free free agent that Andrew McCutcheon's coming back, and we won't care how much for four million, six million, whatever, somewhere in between there. Andrew McCutcheon will probably come back. So all that being a given, our homework assignment was we're each going to pick three things we think this team needs to do aside from firing the coach. Spare me that comment too, because my goodness, it ain't happening. People. <laughs> like, let's, I mean, we're talking about things as they stand right now. Yes. So three players. Three acquisitions that you think would guarantee a wild card showing next year. Okay. And I guess it's fair for us to look at the the remaining schedule. They have a few games left and everything. Good chance they finish maybe what eight, nine games under five hundred. They're not out of the realm of possibility for reaching this wild card next year. Well, if they wouldn't have gotten manhandled by the Cubs this year, I mean, even if you can split it, to, I think they played 12 games. Even if you go five and seven in those games, take a look at the record. I know you can't do that. I'm just saying, like, it's been one, it's been somebody right in the division that you could point to if you just played a little better. Right. So, hey, and rules for our little game here if either of us have a repeat, like if I name a name and you have it on your list too. We'll just both of us take turns talking about what we think we like about that player and what they solve and all that jazz right then and there. Okay. Yep. In other words, we won't have to make sure there's six total if it doesn't happen that way. Right. No, because I don't think we don't know what we're, we have no idea what we're going to say. All right. You want to start? We, never, or you want we me never to? do. <laughs> you want to start or you want me to? Um, I'll start. And I'm going to go in order of less sexy to most sexy. Okay. Sure. And if there's one thing we bring on this show is, is less sexy. So let's start. I, dude, I just got an email from the, the Braille school about that the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, Here's the thing, you know, when you really sit down and look at this, and I went with total free agent here sure. uh, for the most part because it just so hard. I I, I think that their payroll is going to be as such that they can they could do this, and so I'm going to go first base. I'm not super pumped about it. But this is the route I would go. And this is my line of thinking is that it would be a platoon situation with Connor Joe. I would get Brandon Belt. He's my <laughs> well, first. Well, ding, guy. ding, ding. There's our first. There's our first. Uh, oh, damn it. Our first. Uh, well, over, he, overlap. He, the, the problem is, Gary, is like it is a position where I think if you put Brandon Belt with his lefty bat, and you can, you can, he's not a guy that's going to be, he's 35, but he's lefty. He's still got a, let's see. I mean, he's still got a, this year, a 369 on base percentage. He can, he can play the position. You, you, you let him and Joe do their thing. I don't think he costs a ton and to me, he's got more juice left in him than uh, Carlos Santana. I mean, I like Brandon Belt for a lot of the same reasons. You already said it. 35 years old, a little younger than Carlos Santana. Probably 9 to $10 million I think you could probably have him for. Jim, I'd probably go two years here, at least an option year. 
I want to solve this this situation for a second here. I don't I don't want to keep bouncing every single year. And doing something like that, it brings this room a multiple time World Series champion. You know? Right. In a little under 400 plate appearances this year, he's got 16 home runs. That's not horrible. 250 average, not the greatest. OPS 839. He's perennially a top defender at his position. Mm-hmm. His swing at PNC Park could be iconic looking, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and highly effective. He's finally, you know, he, he's been a veteran on a young team that breaks through in the past. And I also think it leaves room for an apprentice type spot over there at first base. Like, I mean, you said Connor Joe. I I would think this would be a good opportunity for Triolo to get some at bats too, because I think he's going to be roving around second base, third base, first base. I think is going to be in play for him as well. And this isn't a guy that's going to play 150 games at this point. So no. Brandon Belt would be my my choice of all the free agent first basemen. Yeah, honestly, if you if if you look around at what you could get, he's probably the best of. Yeah, that's why. That's why one year deal is a good idea, but he he probably will be in high demand. I agree with you. Yeah, that's why I think you might want to go two and two years, and then throw an option year in there too. Like I think, as as the Pirates are sitting here. If you just think you're going to say, hey, you want to come here and play. And I think it's safe to do that with a guy like that. He's 35 and still really productive. Yeah. But, Gary, to your point, this is a guy in the last three years, 97 games, 78 games, 97 games. So you're hoping to maybe get 90, 100 games out of him. Let him let him get his rest. Have someone you feel you can platoon with him. And I still think you, you've got a pretty productive guy. All right. I like it, brother. I do. I really do. All right. Here's, here's my uh, first one here. Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> Look, he hasn't had a tremendous career. Boy, they're power washing the windows outside my apartment right, or my room right now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it or not. I can't hear it. So good. Um, he hasn't had dis- a tremendous I'm sure it's career, not distracting at all. But he's 31 years old. Fills a very specific role for me. I mean, I'll start here. I would sign him to like a three-year, 10.5 to $11 million deal. I'd start him even while he probably works his way back to the end of the rotation. He eats innings. Eventually, he becomes a really nice-to-have veteran bullpen arm when he gets pushed aside by younger kids, hopefully. I mean, I, I hope all that would happen in three years. And, hey, that's up to him and the development team. But he fits like a Swiss Army knife. And, and three years just feels right to me for that reason. 429 ERA in 149 innings pitched this year with a 1.215 whip. And I will admit, this season was above his depth. This is better than he has looked. I think he's going to get rewarded for that in free agency, and I would not be afraid to be on that if I were the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have him as one of mine. So There you go. So uh, we're only going to have four guys here we're going to talk about. I, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, the show's over. Um, I, I look at him, and you're talking about a guy who survived pitching in Cincinnati for one, two, three, four, five, seven years. And um, made it through that pretty unscathed. Um, I think what you're looking for is like lower risk guys that are still in an age where you can feel comfortable giving them, you know, a three, four year deal if you need to. And I think he fits right into that. Um, also, also, and I'm not serious here, but maybe kind of, he'll have the best outfield arm on the team. So we can put him in the outfield and let him and let him play defensive late innings. I'm kidding, kind of. <laughs> but uh, Henry Davis obviously has a good arm. But no, I think he's somebody that you could target. And um, he does have some versatility. And he's still someone that can middle of the rotation type guy. He's still that. So right. I, 
you know, I like, right, I like so we him can a both lot. Swallow Michael Lorenzen. I, I mean, to me, he's the lesser of my signings. You know, he's, uh, he's the, the Vince Velasquez I'm thinking of, like he's the starter, but if he doesn't wind up being a starter, I still think it's a good signing because I think it bolsters the bullpen and gives a little bit more depth there as well. So yeah, that's, and I, I like having a slide guy one way or another. It doesn't have to be Michael Lorenzen. Be happy to listen to other names. If other people want to throw things in, I saw Jose Quintana. Somebody mentioned, sure. I'd be fine with that as well. Um, probably not for three years. I wouldn't, but you know, a year or so I think would be kind of cool. Um, I'd like it to be more of a permanent solution though. Something that's actually going to stick around and help for a while. Yeah. Like that's what I would be looking at is if you've noticed, we're talking about two or three year deals, three or four year deals, something to help just stabilize these positions that you're not going to, you're not going to regret two or three, three and four year deals with the guys we're talking about unless something really bad happens like health wise. And so you're st- we're trying to stay in that reasonable um, box that we know we have to deal with, with the pirates. I, that's what I'm trying to do at least. So. Eh, maybe we'll see what my last one is. Uh-huh. What do you got to go there? What, what's your next one? Okay. So maybe this is where we'll, differ but i do know that we both want pitching so i think we'll both be in the pitching category but maybe the name will be different so this is the guy that i think i would like to have but i do think he's going to command some decent money and that guy is jordan montgomery yeah that's a great get man i I personally thought he was going to probably be too expensive. So I left him off my list, but I think he's probably my choice. If I were to go out and pick a lefty, I really, really wanted. Yeah. Because he's not a, he's not a one. I don't know where you, you can put him somewhere in the middle, maybe a, two, I don't care two, about all that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to give people an idea of like where you might be. How, how, what, he what probably happened. walks into this team as a two. Yeah. Super durable. He eats innings. He's not ultra reliant on a big fastball. Even though uh, he's a big lefty, he doesn't rely on that. So if you're trying to get guys that you might feel like, well, what if he starts losing some of his velocity? Well, he, he doesn't live off of that. So um, I kind of see him as like a big lefty John Lieber type guy who can eat a lot of innings for you and be super important to stabilizing a rotation. But I think he's going to get a lot of action this offseason, but not in a stratosphere where you couldn't do it if you really wanted to. Do you think he gets over 20? No. No? I don't. I think he touches I think he touches 17 18 at least per probably. Lefties are they always get a little bit more it feels. And I I just think that that's one commodity that isn't super wide open. There's a lot of free agent starting pitching. There's not a lot of quality lefty starting pitching that's going to go anywhere. Like right. uh Kershaw's not going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> Chris Sale, I'm not sure you'd want him to go anywhere, except for maybe the retirement list. But um, Paxton is a guy that I, you know you could look at. But it's it's kind of tough. I think he's a 17, 18 million dollar guy though. So yeah, he's like I said, he was on top of my sexy list. No, I um, like it, and and this team shouldn't really be able to BS their way out of it. They're going to have like by the time they're all done with Arb and everything. Their, their payroll is probably going to be their commitments are probably going to be sitting somewhere in the forties and they spent like 35 million ish on acquisitions last year. You know, I don't think there's any reason to expect that they shouldn't spend some money. You know what I mean? I, I think it's fair to expect them to get into the 80, 90, 100 territory this year. I don't, yeah. th- I think that's doable and, and acceptable. 
And again, they're the ones and that said they wanted to make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. This is based off of them saying that 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 that's the that's the expectation or the goal now. We're, all we're doing is saying what we think needs to be done to make sure that happens, as opposed to see what needs to be done to sit back and hope it happens. Yeah. Because I can sit back and hope that a whole bunch of kids get better next year. But I'd rather know that I've brought in enough that I don't need them to. Right. So, and uh, also another point about Montgomery is he's 31. So again, you're not you're hoping to commit that money to a guy that should still be very effective because of how he pitches for the next three, four, five years. Whatever, whatever, whatever. If it takes five years to do it. I mean, let's be honest, some of these guys that they might pull in, will they even see the back end of those contracts here? Probably not. So, yeah, I mean, they might, they might not. Depends on how they structure them. I'd say Ben Charrington's been extra anal about the way he structures the deals that he has done thus far. Anything that he's signed beyond a year or so has been tapered, you know, so. That at least seems to be a strategy he likes to employ. Uh, my last one here, Jim, would be Yoshi Yamamoto, the Japanese all-star that is rumored to be um, jumping to Major League Baseball. Parts are involved. So are a whole bunch of other teams. This is still relatively close to a pipe dream. But I think for a team like the Pirates, this is a, a great way to get value. You pay that one-time posting fee. They tend to take a little bit of a lesser contract for their entry into the league. I think it's a good opportunity to catch lightning in a bottle with a fairly proven out talent. And I think he could slot right into your rotation pretty quickly. So that would be my third one. Fill me in on him because I didn't include him simply because of the unknown factor there. So, um, Tell me a little bit about him if you've got some stuff up. I mean, I don't, <laughs> the stats, I don't like to call on because it's Japan. So when you start reading them off, it kind of sounds like, you know, the reincarnation of Satchel Page or something. Right. That's <laughs> not really fair. Um, all I know is he's seen by scouts to be up amongst like Hideo Nomo type talent. Okay. And, that sort of thing gets thrown around rarely, you know, like when uh, Jung Ho Gong was, was being pursued by the pirates. I heard about it, but I didn't hear about it. Like um, in so much as 10 or 11 teams were looking at him. There were three or four teams looking at him. when half the league is in on a guy and sending scouts to Japan to watch him have his second no hitter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it tends to excite people a little bit. Um, I've seen video on them. I'm not an expert, but I, I just know when that many scouts say that they like a guy, to me, it's worth taking a shot at. Now, it could turn out like, you know, terribly, or it could turn out great, but it's worth a shot. And it's usually a, a pretty low risk. Somewhere in like the 12 to $15 million range, I'm talking. Okay. After the posting fee and you got a shot, you either get like a frontline starter or maybe a back end starter. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. It's a risk, but I think it's a risk that a team like this has to take. Yeah. I think that's the thing we're both trying to do here is um, minimize some risk with the guys you're um, going after because we've talked about this time and time again, there's, there's what teams spend in payroll per year. And then there's what teams spend on their mistakes and what they just throw in the trash and don't worry about. Well, the pirates can't do that. They shouldn't do that. And so they've got to be a little bit more careful if they do commit any money. And that's the big thing. Ryan rightly points out they need to extend Keller. He's right. That shouldn't affect what they can get done this offseason either. 
when they sign these contracts, they're not stupid. They don't, they don't give them 20 million the first year. (laughs) They'll they'll keep it low or they'll um, maybe they'll, maybe they'll go ahead and reward him early so that it can be low next year. They'll do something along those lines so that they kind of maneuver the payroll about like, I think Hayes actually gets a, a pay decrease next year. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's playing games, but like, I don't think it should matter. They should get that done. If they don't get the Keller signing done, they're in a lot of trouble. And, uh, backing up my Japanese pitcher here, Canyon says Senga was great get for the Mets. And he was. But that took a while too. Actually, that that wasn't like an instant gratification thing, which in some ways I think is the greatest argument against going and trying to do something like this because Japanese players do tend to take a second to adjust to this league. So it, it's not always like exactly what you'd hope for. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes them a minute to actually be effective. They may ultimately get there, but can the Pirates afford that and get to the wild card? I right. personally think they can, but. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. You're looking for guys that can come in and immediately stabilize things. At least mm-hmm. I am. Like, I don't want, if that's a concern, maybe that, that is something that I would be a little bit more leery of. Um, I'm glad both of us stayed away from the Giolitos of the world. Um, I know you've mentioned Flaherty before, but I, 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 look, he's, he's very good when he's healthy. I don't know how much you want to commit to a guy like that. Who's had some shoulder issues. Um, so I'm glad we stayed away from those guys. I, I think, I think the, the short list we came up with was, was pretty decent. I I think what it, I mean, we, we, we limited ourselves to three here. Mm-hmm. That was, be, you know, partially because we wanted to keep it a slightly punchy episode here, but right. But also, I think we wanted to leave it three because I think three would be enough, and I think they'll do more than that. You know what I mean? I think three decent signings would be enough, and I actually think they should do a little more than that. And you know, you you can say that you want to try to make the playoffs. But I don't think anybody wants to squeak into the playoffs. No. You want to get in and, and feel like you belong. So, you know, you aim high. You aim higher than you than you need to. And I don't think there's much of a cavalry coming next year. There's there's players that I think can help. There's You're talking play- in, internally. Yeah. Yeah. Like not like this year anyway, where there was just a litany of guys they could really try you're going to have some of that next year. Like you're going to have like Jared Jones is going to make a push next year. He is Quinn Priester is probably going to make another push next year. Rwanzi Contreras is out of options. So yeah, that he's going to have, he almost has to make the team in some capacity next year out of spring. Doesn't he? Yeah. It's so that's getting to be a little dicey. Right. Ortiz is going to make a push next year. Skeens is going to make a push next year. Termar might might make a push towards the back end of next year. You know, Gonzalez should make a push. But I don't think it's going to be anything like it was this year, where it was, you know, nearly every other week they were calling somebody up, it felt like. Right. And the, th- and the guys where you just mentioned that might do it next year, that's not good enough. We don't know that stuff. We can't depend on it. And that's yeah. that shift in mindset we're talking about where you can't just sit around and hope for that. You can't do it. You've already said what you just, you, you just said. So that's, I want like Paul Skeens to push aside um, Michael Lorenzen, or I want him to make, make it look foolish that you're still toying around with Quinn Priester. Call up Paul Skeens. He's ready. You know what I mean? Right. Now I'm not saying that to denigrate Priester. He could wind up, you know, taking a spot and being fine, but 
Yeah, Solomon Meadow got brought up here by Canyon as well. Obviously, all those guys have have a chance. I I feel like we're we're saying the same thing just about every week. It's not that we're we're saying that we're done thinking we need any help from minor leagues. We ne- we will. You just want to make it a little harder now for them to get here. You want to quit feeling like the development system is failing. You need to stop needing these kids as badly as they do when they need them. <laughs> you need to be bringing up more polished candidates. So the age of, of rookies debuting is probably going to go up in certain areas. And the odd phenom is going to sneak through. That's going to be your younger guys. But the, the reality is you have to give yourself some leeway. You have to. Like, and you're trying to, like I've, I've used this analogy before, you're trying to land a Boeing aircraft on a runway this big. And you, you have to give yourself a bigger runway. And I think that that's kind of what we're talking about right now is that you can't be totally reliant on, yeah, Solomon could be very good. Um, so I hope he is. Yeah. But we just went through this with Ortiz and Rowanzi and Burroughs getting hurt. And <laughs> it's my dream to wake up one day and get, as a Pirates fan and go, oh my God, I wish they hadn't wasted all that money on Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> right. <laughs> because we can't get, uh, we can't get a, a spot for Quinn Priester to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Who, I by mean, the way, Michael Lorenzen was a guy they probably should have went after last year. Yeah. And uh, Detroit got him, was able to flip him, sign him to a very reasonable deal. That's exactly what we were talking about with a guy like that being forward thinking. And maybe you wouldn't be in the position that he's even on the list that we have to talk about. So that was that's 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 frustrating too. And while I think Brandon Belt is a better choice, I still wouldn't hate Carlos Santana. I just don't think that you can ever bring in a Carlos Santana and go, "Okay, this is my solution this year and next year." That's never going to be on the table. It's always going to be year to year with him. In fact, it's really probably month to month <laughs> if you yeah. really think about it. And I. I I just think Brandon Belt leaves more room for bringing someone along slowly with him. And it, if Triolo can add more power, he really does become a guy that I think could benefit from that platooning there and, and get more comfortable and, and maybe eventually wrestle some more playing a time away from him. You know, and, and you almost let it happen naturally that way. It's just something that I, I think the Pirates have neglected for a really long time. I'd really like to see them invest in it, call the situation solved for a couple of years, and let things develop a little bit there. Yeah. That's all. Well, you got a guy. He's, he's, Reese Hoskins would be fine with me, too, but I still think there's a little bit of a bet there that he's going to be okay. Right, and he's not a good first baseman, and his not you're de- you're depending on Reese Hoskins to hit home runs. Um, that's such a key component to his value. You know, I just you know, for me, I would love to see them get a Brandon Belt, give Connor Joe some starts over there. I think offensively, you can you can cobble enough together there to have a pretty productive um, first base. And if you want to sprinkle in the occasional triolo start or something like that. And to me, Carlos Santana is just, he's last resort for me. He's just the last resort. I got to hand it to him, man. I mean, cause he went full bore for us pretty much all year. You know, we talked early and often about how he was sacrificing his body all over the place and he has not slowed down in Milwaukee. He's hitting home runs still and running around. I don't think he's playing quite a sharp defense for them, at least not from the games I've watched Milwaukee mm-hmm. play, but um, I wouldn't hate it for one year. I just would, again, I, I think it's time for us to stop settling for that. 
it's time for for us to try to at least patch holes a little bit longer. Let's let's stop pulling our finger out of one hole in the canoe and putting it in another. You know, <laughs> like it's yeah. time to to fill something up and and like leave it go and let something develop behind it. Maybe Nunez is your answer. He's 22 years old. We'll give him time to develop then properly. You know, move a prospect like Nick Gonzalez over there. Move Kane Smith and Jigna there. Whatever. Let it develop for a couple years. And and then maybe you'll have a solution when you're ready. It's not forced that way. Or Brandon Belt's injury history is probably going to give opportunity. Yeah, I think right now he's dealing with his back. So, um, but there's a there's a veteranosity there with him, you know, winning and being on winning teams. I think that could be a really good a really good addition, and getting younger at the position with someone who's still got a little bit more juice left than Santana, who you know, how much longer can you expect even what he's doing now? Eventually there's going to be a drop off. I mean, do we need Santana though? Because Palacios is clearly our cleanup hitter next year. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, I'll give Palacios a lot of credit, Gary, because I totally dismissed him at the beginning. And, um, did we both thought Connor Joe was going to get cut in spring training? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I literally last night I'm watching this game. I'm on Facebook and, and the comments are, are going haywire about why isn't Anduhar in there? And why aren't we seeing, we should be seeing Anduhar every game. And I, I just, what, what aren't you seeing here? There the is R- no plan for him. But Gary, he's an RBI machine. Greg Brown. There's told just me. no plan for him. And, I think like that we talk about like the decisions that the, the pirates have to make here. I talked about Rowanzi Contreras, you know, Bailey Falter is another guy. They, they just got has no options. I don't see any path for him to make the rotation next year. Not out of spring anyway. And um, I'm not sure I see him in the bullpen either. I guess I could, but They've got some tough choices to make that are going to test that depth too. So uh, there's a lot of these guys we have lined up as possibilities that I'm not a hundred percent convinced are going to be here. So they got some decisions to make and hopefully they're tougher. And I think bottom line is, I think you and I like directness, right? They were direct. They directly said that next year they're going to target being in the playoffs. That takes the mystery away, right? I mean, like, next year, what that does, just for those of you that are too jaded to even think about it, what that does is it says, hey, if we don't make the playoffs, this was not our goal. So <laughs> they can't they can't just reach 500 and miss the playoffs and go, well, this was reasonable progress. Nope. You officially failed from the time you – you said that was your target should be every year. We know that, but when you're coming out of a rebuild, there are logical steps. It's good to hear them say it. I I give them credit for that. Actually, Jim. Well, Hey, if nothing else, maybe Ben Sherrington um, is at the point where he's going to put a little pressure on things too, right? From upstairs. Um, to say, okay, remember that conversation we had, Bobby, way back? Well, I'm, I'm now saying that because that it's time. Yeah, and I, I actually think like this offseason, I, I took that as a great sign that they were going to be willing to spend at one point. <laughs> I think that was a pretty decent investment on a team that they knew wasn't going to get to go to the playoffs this year, you know? Yeah. They wanted to improve and everything, but I, I think that was a, a pretty reasonable investment to kind of slow things down, buy some time for these prospects, try to hold them back a little bit. Right. And I think they did a good job with that. And it makes me hopeful that this 
upcoming off season, if that's what they were willing to do, then to me, I feel like, okay, they're at least going to be willing to do that. Add on another 10, 20. I think you're, you're right where you need to be. At yeah, least and- as far as like that first goal of making the playoffs, I'm not saying that's a world series team. Right. And I think everybody needs to keep in mind here is you've got to look in the division as well. Yeah. And I think you're going to see every team, the Brewers, I don't know. Um, but I think you're going to see every other team take a step forward, uh, an additional one. So the Cardinals will because they'll add and they were awful. Uh the Cubs and Reds, I still think they're going to take steps forward, and I think they'll spend a little money to do it. So you better be prepared to keep up with the Joneses in your division a little bit. Hey, good stuff, Jim. This was fun. I love talking through some of this stuff, and I love that it's not as theoretical as it used to be. You know, I, I actually do think Nor there's a little bit of realism yeah. to it now. So, Right. But that's what it should be. We, sh- we should be able to have fun conversations about this stuff and, and talk about it because it is just sports. I, I, I was like taken aback to read that somebody actually died in a, in a sports stadium this week. We, we've got to chill, people. Not everything is the end of the world. It's, Matt Canada sucks. Okay, so your football team's offense blows. Like this team has no pitching right now. Okay. You don't have to like threaten to bomb a building. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you know, like you don't have to want to punch somebody because they got a prospect that you wanted. Like just calm down or you have a difference of opinion about a player. Relax. It's sports. I just, yeah. I mean, like we're supposed to have differences of opinion. It's boring when you don't. Just have some perspective. That's all I ask people to do is like, yeah, is it super frustrating to sit and watch the Pirates sometimes? Absolutely. Should it really affect your life one way or the other? (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, and um, yeah, we want the Steelers to look better and we want the Penguins to be back in the playoffs and and we want Pitt to be able to get a first down on offense. (laughs) But... Yeah. You know, now check in with me on this, this Saturday and Sunday and see if I'm this sane. But yeah, man, let's just let's just keep it all keep it all in the right perspective. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be fun. And you're right. Somebody said very early on here. I think it was uh, Ryan Little that competitive baseball in September and and being interested in it in September is a win. I'll take that too. So good stuff. Jim, we should finish the show we always do. We'll toss it over to our buddy Ben and for everybody watching on video. I will say thank you for tuning in and let's go, Bucks. Yes, you, Bucks!